It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. SIAC and the CIAA. The HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Yes, sir. We here. <laughs> yes, sir. Welcome into another edition of the HBCU Report for Tuesday, April 14th, 2020. I am Rob Calloway. Thank you guys for tuning in, however, you may be listening. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. And remember, if you've missed any previous episodes of the HBCU Report, you can always go back on demand, listen 24-7 via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, our official content partner. When we're not here, we're there. There is SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, I really hate to kick the show off with this, but it is what it is. Um, Sunday, Sunday night, uh, we lost a really, 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 really highly regarded member of the HBCU community. 
Tavares Jackson, former Bama State quarterback, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, lost his life Sunday night in his hometown of Montgomery, Alabama, a single car accident. And so here we are paying tribute to T-Jack, one of the greatest to ever come through uh, the Alabama State University. And so uh, tonight's show is all about him. Uh, Most recently, uh, Tavares was a quarterback's coach at Tennessee State University. And so tonight, while we were, um, you know, send out prayers to uh, his his family, his close friends, uh, the Bama State Hornet Nation. Also, you know, Coach Rod Reed and uh, the Tennessee State University Tiger uh, football program. We send our condolences to them as well. Uh, Never easy. Never, never, never easy. And so uh, coming up tonight, uh, I will be joined by Coach Charles Coe, the former head football coach at Alabama State University. He was Tavares' coach uh, during his three-year tenure there at Alabama State, which included a SWAC football championship. Uh, Man, again, it's just unbelievable that this is uh, what tonight's show is all about. Also, I will hear from a few people that knew Tavares really, really well, including Reggie Barlow, another former hit football coach at Alabama State University, and uh, Greg Coleman, who is the sideline analyst for the Minnesota Vikings radio network. I uh, knew Tavares really, really well. He uh, got to see Tavares, you know, kind of uh, the maturation process from being a rookie up until the point where he was traded uh, over to Seattle. And so we'll hear from uh, Greg Coleman as well. Okay. Uh, HBCU report, Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Uh, As I just mentioned, we are going to be celebrating the life of Tavares Jackson tonight. Uh, But of course, there are other things going on, you know, and of course, this COVID-19 thing is what is in the front of everybody's mind right now. And so, you know, I'm just going to try to do my best tonight to get our minds off of that, uh, even though our hearts are heavy uh, as we uh, think about Tavares tonight. Uh, But how about this? Uh, And news, Uh, former President Barack Obama has finally formally endorsed Joe Biden for president. The spirit of looking out for one another can't be restricted to our homes or our workplaces. It also has to be reflected in our national government. And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden. Now, in a video released, President Obama said selecting Biden to be his vice president was one of the best decisions that he ever made. He stressed that Biden has all the qualities the nation needs in a president that we need right now, like the type of president we need right now, as the church would say, right now. Yeah. Uh, Shouts out to President Barack Obama. He kind of stayed neutral uh, as Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders were going head to head. But of course, Bernie conceded uh, here recently. And so now we know we have a Trump versus Biden ordeal and so i don't even know when the whole election thing is going to take place now man COVID 19 has kind of pushed everything back in sports news the carolina panthers have rewarded christian mccaffrey with the four-year 64 million dollar deal making him the highest paid running back in the history of the nfl the 16 million uh, a year deal of course eclipses uh zeke down there with the cowboys who signed a deal worth 15 million per season and so shouts out to christian mccaffrey man I don't know if I'd be giving a running back that kind of money. I mean, this Teddy Bridgewater thing, must they must plan on stretching this out because you're not going to get a, a, a high-dollar franchise quarterback and you got a $16 million running back. 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And, of course, I talked about this all of last week, uh, Saturday's matchup between uh, DJ Premier and RZA. It happened Saturday night via Versus. And, man, oh, man, all I'll say is this. It was a total win for hip-hop. I'm not going to say who won, who lost, because it was a total win for hip-hop. These guys are some real hip-hop heads or hip-hop junkies, if you will. And uh, just, it was unbelievable. These dudes have some catalogs. I mean, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang catalog is really, really extensive. And I didn't think that that RZA was going to really be able to sway me. But, yeah, just a total win for hip-hop. I'll go with that. But then comes the news. On the heels of the DJ Premier and RZA battle, that Ja Rule, what would I do without you? Ja Rule wants to face who else? None other than 50 Cent on the Versus platform. Now, here's the question, HBCU Report Nation. Who would you take in that battle? Because let's, be, let's just be honest. Prior to 50 Cent coming out and just completely destroying Ja Rule's career, Ja, uh, ja Rule had a really healthy, productive career. And he got hits. Now, 50 got hits, too. Now, let's not let's not play around. 50 got hits. But John Rule does, too. I wouldn't mind that battle. I, I wouldn't mind. that There definitely would have to be some rules in place because these two dudes, yeah. That would, you know what? Actually, that would be my CTV. But I think I would, I don't know who I would go with. I'm sorry. Who would y'all go with? Hit me up, social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Ja Rule versus 50 on Versus. Who would you go with? Man, that, that would be a great battle. Now, quickly, uh, let's look back at 1993 uh, before we get ready to go to break. March 12th of 1993, a massive snowstorm uh, enveloped the eastern United States from Canada to Mexico, dumping over 40 inches of snow in some areas. That was the blizzard. Yes, sir. The blizzard of 1993 that hit Atlanta and it was a mess. How many of y'all remember that? That man, the blizzard of 90. Well, that was the only blizzard I was ever a part of. The blizzard of 93. Definitely something to remember. Uh, in music news, February 23rd, Naughty by Nature released 1993. It was August 1st that 8-Ball and MJG released Coming Out Hard. Oh, my God. In the box office on May 26th of 1993, Minister Society hit box office. And man, y'all know what? Man, y'all remember that. It was a couple of lines that I remember from that. Number one was Kane's granddaddy right before graduation. He said, son, the Lord is the Lord's blessing is with you, son. And on next week, when you graduate from high school, I'm going to be the proudest grandfather in all of L.A. And then that was that part about the double cheeseburgers. Man, I got some double cheeseburgers, man. I'll suck you. Yeah. Minister Society, yes. And in sports news, it was October 6th of 1993 that Michael Jordan announced his retirement from the NBA, citing a loss of desire to play the game. He went on to play a little minor league baseball before he made his triumphant return to the NBA and led Chicago to three more championships. All right, so that's a look back at 1993. All right, coming up on the other side, we will be joined by Coach Charles Cole, former Bama State head football coach, who was actually Tavares Jackson's coach at Bama State. And so uh, all of that and more, as we remember Tavares Jackson right here on tonight's edition of the HBCU Report. Titans, go! When the Teen Titans go to the movies, they know the best way to travel is safely. Hollywood, here we come! Oh, yeah. And you know it's super. Upbeat. 
To keep your child safe, be sure to use the right car seat for their age and size. Exactly. We're finally on the big screen. Have a seat, my dude. For more information on finding the right seat, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Gotcha. That's a wise move. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. What kind of effects do you think that we're going to see from a revenue standpoint within the, the HBCU realm? Yeah, it's already starting to happen. 70 to 85 percent of the revenue that comes from the NCAA basketball goes to what we refer to as the Power Five conferences, SEC, Big 12, ACC, and you know the rest of them. But that means only 15% goes to the other conferences, including the SWAC and the MEAC. It's my understanding that the SWAC institutions will probably lose about a half million dollars per institution in regards to their basketball money and other NCAA money associated. And if this goes all the way into the fall, you're talking about football money. So now you're talking about half a million to a million dollars that you could possibly lose in the football season. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway.
Welcome back to the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Tevin Campbell right there. Boy, Tevin Campbell was hot in the 90s, the year. 1993 is what we're celebrating right here all week long on the HBCU Report. And, uh, you know, we kicked the show off with the sad news that Tavares Jackson, uh, former Bama State Hornet Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks, um, we lost him uh, Sunday night. Uh, he was involved in a single car accident. And so uh, tonight we are paying tribute to the man, QB7, TJ, Tavares Jackson. And so right now we are being joined on the line by uh, someone that knew Tavares really, really well. Uh, a man that was instrumental in bringing Tavares Jackson to Alabama State University. Uh, his former head football coach, the former coach of the Alabama State Hornets, Charles Coe, joining us on the show. First of all, Coach, uh, sorry it had to be under these circumstances, but nonetheless, welcome to the HBCU Report. Well, thank you. Uh, appreciate it, Rock. No problem, man. So, uh, you know, talk to us just briefly about how did you end up at Alabama State? Well, actually, uh, Woody McCorvey, a former Alabama State graduate and played there. Woody's been around for late, coached at Alabama, different places. I think he's now at Clemson. There's a football ops guy under, uh, Devil Sweeney, uh, kind of talked to me that, uh, like actually an old friend of mine guy was, was there at the time, LC Poe. And for whatever reasons, I don't know what happened, but, uh, they called me and I came down and took the job, uh, about two days before we started fall practice. Uh, and that's why I met LC. Actually, LC had recruited Tavares from Arkansas. Uh, now, Tavares, how did he know he's from Alabama, from Montgomery, played at Lanier High School, Sydney Lanier High School, went to Arkansas. For whatever reason, they decided to come back and play quarterback because uh, he was behind Matt Jones, who was over there at, uh, at Arkansas at the time. And LC recruited him to come back to uh, Montgomery to play for Alabama State. And when I took the program over, he was uh, he was a quarterback. Never got the opportunity to play for LC in 203, so I was fortunate enough and very blessed to have that opportunity to do that. Uh, and he played for me for three years, a very special guy. He was the engine that made that, that train go. I had a lot of good players there, but he was the guy that, that did it all for us. I'm very sorry and very uh, sad. And, uh, kind of with everybody else, the people that probably won well, the people in the NFL, obviously the people in Montgomery, uh, and those guys that, that was on the team when we were there, uh, my heart goes out to him and went off my condolences to the, the SWAC family, to people of Alabama, uh, Montgomery, as well as the people at Alabama State, because he was especially a young man to me and to those football players that helped us read and won the SWAC championship in 2004. So he was a very special guy, and uh, it's kind of a sad day for me, and a lot of those guys have been calling me most of the day, uh, let, trying to let me know that the, the passing of the wars. Yeah, man. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Charles Coe, former head football coach at Alabama State University. Uh, talking to Tavares Jackson. Uh, we lost Tavares Sunday night in a single car accident. Uh, man, a great guy, great athlete. Um, coach, what are, what are your earliest memories of Tavares once he arrived on campus from Arkansas? Well, actually, when I arrived on campus, because he, he, he was already there much the spring, <laughs> right. uh, with, uh, with a different staff. And I'm, well, I'm, when I got there, I kind of kept everyone, but two guys that uh, they had that they had left and went with LC, uh, LC's brother Johnny, and I think another guy named Freeman. So I brought in uh, a couple of guys, Tony Pierce, who he and I worked together at the University of Pittsburgh, and a guy named Jack Bush, uh, and uh, just watched to, to decide the athleticism of it, the tremendous uh, arm strength that he showed from throwing from one hash to the sideline. He could throw the out cut 
with the best of them to come back. Those things, they, he's just a tremendous guy. And then you got in and get him on the board and start talking to him about coverages and uh, reads, how you want to throw certain routes and what do we look for and those things. And he was, he was, he was uh, very much abreast of all those things. So that kind of led a lot of confidence that we started adding things and, and uh, doing things that he could do. Uh, which there was really not much he could do in terms of throwing the ball, but also he was a, a guy that could run with the football in his hands. He was a, a tremendous athlete for us. Uh, so I was really, really pleasantly surprised and very pleased with his athleticism. So we pretty much just uh, did the things that he could do well, and then he had a couple of running backs that was on the uh, Randolph and the guy that Kevin, Kevin Keldrick Williams, uh, who transferred in from Tennessee, they were able to do some things and a good defense behind him, and we were able to. Uh, I think we went ten and two the year we went to the championship game. So, when did you realize that that you had a potential NFL draft pick, a high draft pick? When did you realize that 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 that's, that was his potential, or that's where he was headed? Well, I, actually, the, the first year we were there in two or three. I mean, the guy that I'd been around a lot of guys in in pro ball, and the guys that I'd seen a lot of worked a lot of those internship camps. And, you know, there's very, very few special top-notch guys like Brady and, and Drew Brees and those guys. But the rest of those guys are, are, are some of them just guys. They're pretty good quarterbacks and hit their own right at college level. And DeVos uh, didn't have to take second seat to any of those guys. And I felt then, I said, well, we got to put this guy in a situation where he can, he can do things and really get noticed uh, and, and earn himself an opportunity. And I was here. He had a great year the first year, but had a tremendous year the second year. And that's when the, the, those guys, those scouts, were just pouring in doing pro pro day, and a lot of guys I knew. I, I thought Atlanta Falcons was going to draft because uh, those guys was over there almost every other week looking at him. Uh, Greg Knapp, who I ended up working with when I was left Alabama State to go with the Oakland Raiders, he came over several times and called, and they were really, really high on him. I was really surprised that uh, I didn't see a lot of Minnesota Vikings, but they the ones that ended up drafting him in the second round, and. It's uh, it's unbelievable when you when you talk about um, Bama State, you know, Tavares and your son, Michael, Reggie Barlow, um, Eddie Robinson, uh, just a handful of guys that have actually, you know, been drafted, not not made it to an NFL roster, but actually been drafted. And so, uh, you know, Tavares, Tavares is up there as one of the Bama State greats for sure. Um, but you let's talk about you really quick before I let you go. What are you doing now, coach? Well, I'm actually coaching at an NAI school here in St. Louis called Missouri Baptist University. I started out the first couple of years. When we started this program back in 2014. Uh, I kind of coached the quarterbacks and receivers, and and I kind of helped this guy get started. But it was an NAI club, uh, private school, so it's, uh, it's a little expensive to go to school. We had $30,000 to go here. And then I, uh, we had uh, Clyde Simmons. Clyde played about 14 years, maybe 16 years in the NFL. I want to say he went to Western Carolina and Clyde now just left us to go back to Western Carolina and left us kind of high and dry. So I'm now coaching defensive line, believe it or not. I coached defensive line at Ball State at one time. So I'm back coaching defensive line home, living here in St. Louis, and got the opportunity to stay stay home and, and work with these young men. Uh, hopefully uh, we get a chance to change some lives in a positive way and uh, make sure these guys understand that there's life after football. We want to make sure these guys get a degree and and uh, become uh, very productive in, in, their, in their life, whatever they want to do. Absolutely. So how are you dealing with this whole uh, COVID-19 thing? You staying put? Yeah, staying put. Kind of tough, you know, being in the house. But uh, I guess 
my wife would probably say, unfortunately, because ain't nobody here with her and I, so don't have the kids to deal with, but she got me to deal with. She'd probably rather be able to deal with the kids than to deal with me, but but yeah, everything is, we got to stay put, got to make sure we uh, take care of ourselves from a health standpoint, and uh, we're doing that, and uh, you know, just hopefully this thing can pass. Hopefully soon we can get back to doing what we like to do outside and coaching, go for a walk, but that's about it. Don't do much of anything else. All right, he is Charles Coe. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for checking in with us, man, sharing your uh, your thoughts on Tavares. We really appreciate that. Uh, it's just an honor, man. It's an honor to be able to talk to you, you know, as a Bama State Hornet, you know, to be able to talk to the last coach that delivered that SWAC championship. It's pretty good to talk to you, well, Coach. Yeah, I appreciate that. It was a good opportunity. I didn't do it by myself. Had to, you know, you got to have players. I know oh, yeah. coaches sometimes want to get patted on the back, but – those guys that get it done between the white lines. I was very, very, very blessed and very uh, honored and proud to have guys like Tavares uh, that was on the football team that got the pleasure of coaching. So it was it was a tremendous experience for me, but I was I was very fortunate, very happy, and pleased to, to have been there. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I appreciate it. Oh, before I let you go, congratulations on that on that grandbaby you got on the way, man. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. It gets here in July. So that'll be, that'll be the eighth one. Hey, at the eighth? What? Yeah. Oh, you're a professional granddaddy. That's the first one for Mike, but my oldest son got four. And my middle boy has one. And my daughter has three. So this will be Mike's yeah. first one. I'm uh, So that's, that, I think that's what, four through seven? Yeah. So that'd, that'd be eight, eight, eight grandbabies. Oh, yeah. You're a veteran. You're a veteran yeah. in the game. Yeah. Heavy in the game. <laughs> well, Coach, <laughs> thank you so much for checking in with me, man. And, and I look forward to talking to you down the road, okay? Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. All right, great stuff right there from Coach Charles Coe as we celebrate the life and legacy of Tavares Jackson right here on the HBCU Report. 36 years young, taken away from us Sunday night in a single car accident. Former Bama State quarterback, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks. Man, it's man, it's just unbelievable that this is what the show is all about tonight. And uh, coming up on the other side, the third and final segment right around the corner, Uh, You'll hear from Reggie Barlow, former Bama State football coach who knew uh, Tavares really, really, really well, as well as Greg Coleman, the HBCU legend, who is the sideline analyst for the Minnesota Vikings radio network. All of that and much, much more as we uh, celebrate the life and legacy of Tavares Jackson right here on the HBCU Report. Open calendar. What's my schedule looking like? Next Thursday, you will be caught in an emergency flash flood between Park and First Street. What? No, no, that, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm busy then. Decline. De- decline. Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead. But you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait. Communicate. Visit gema.ga.gov. Brought to you by GEM, HSA, Ready Georgia, FEMA, and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. From a nurturing standpoint, what is the difference between going to a, you know, a PWI versus an HBCU in your opinion? Going to Arkansas was great. Um, you know, going to SEC, playing on TV, doing I was a two-year starter before I left and went to um, Alabama State. It was awesome. But when I went to Alabama State, one thing was great to play with my dad. Uh, it gave me opportunity to be closer with my father. So that was, that was great. The nurturing part is what you hit it. I don't think you know that you wear a mask until the time that you don't have to wear one anymore. Mm. But just the freedom of walking around and not being judged. You know, that that freedom that 
maybe you take for granted or think is not there when you come to HBCU, it kind of lifts that off you. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. segment underway shouts out to coach charles cole for checking in with us in the last segment really really appreciate that as we remember the life and legacy of tavares jackson right here on the hbcu report and of course all week long we are commemorating 1993 johnny right there hey mr dj that was a banger yes it was 1993 as i was going back and get my research together for this week 1993 was a really 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 good year for music it was, man. It was some really good music out there. And so uh, hopefully over the course of the week, I'll be able to help you guys go back in that uh, nostalgia time machine, that hot tub time machine to when you were on the yard or doing whatever you were doing. <laughs> so as I mentioned, uh, we are commemorating the life of Tavares Jackson, former Bama State quarterback, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks right here on the show. Um, it's just unbelievable. You know, I haven't really weighed in on this thing. I mean, at the top of the show, you know, I gave the story, you know, but um, just my opinion, my personal opinion, when we talk about the legacy of, of Tavares Jackson uh, and, and not just the HBCU realm, but just collegiate football, NFL football, whatever, just just athletics in general. Uh, let's just OK. We, we talked to Michael Cole a few weeks ago. Michael Cole attended the University of Arkansas, same university that Tavares went to uh, initially before he transferred to Bama State. The best thing that Tavares Jackson could have ever done was transfer to Alabama State University. Alabama State allowed this dude to be able to really flourish. Well, first of all, it allowed him to be able to get on the field. And then it allowed him to be able to flourish and become everything that anybody that knew this guy ever thought that he would be okay 
Uh, he won a SWAG championship with uh, Alabama State University. If I'm not mistaken, that's the last SWAG championship that we've won. You know, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Um, When we think about Tavares, you know, in the ranks of other HBCU quarterbacks, how he matches up. There's only one other quarterback in recent memory that I could even compare him to. Now, sure, we've seen some great quarterbacks come through uh, the the ranks, the MEAC, the SWAC, SIAC, CIAA. We've seen some good quarterbacks come through. But I'd have to say, for this young man to be the last quarterback to be drafted into the National Football League, that speaks volumes because the one prior to him was Steve McNair. Speaks volumes. And not the fact that he just got drafted because there are plenty of players that have been drafted, but to go the second round in the second round of the National Football League draft, that speaks volumes to what people think of you. And so despite the fact that Tavares ended up losing his job to Brett Favre and, you know, going to Seattle and backing up Russell Wilson and all of that stuff, the dude had a really, really good career. When you think about the fact that only 1% of athletes actually get to play at the professional ranks, speaks volumes, speaks volumes for who Tavares was. And so as a Bama State Hornet, I'm going to, I'm going to miss Tavares. You know, I'm going to miss everything that he did for Bama State. He put Bama State on his shoulders, not to say that it did. No one else did because we had, um, Eddie Robinson, not of Coach Robinson fame, but Eddie Robinson to play linebacker for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Michael Cole, we just had him on the show, Super Bowl champion with the uh, New York football giants. But Tavares was a giant, a giant among men, and especially right there in Montgomery, Alabama. And, uh, you know, I have such close ties to Montgomery, Alabama, man. It, it's just, it's hard. You know, I've been talking to people the past few days and and everybody's still in shock uh, over the loss of of Tavares. And so uh, right now, what I like to do is um, have the opportunity to catch up with Greg Coleman. For those of you that aren't familiar with Greg Coleman, Greg Coleman was a punter at Florida A&M. Ended up uh, being drafted into the National Football League, played some years uh, there in the NFL with the Oakland Raiders, Minnesota Vikings. But right now he is the... uh, sideline analyst for the Minnesota Vikings radio network and he's done so for years and so he was right there from the the very moment that Tavares got drafted uh until the very moment that he left Minnesota and so um here's Greg Coleman reflecting on Tavares Jackson obviously when you get a kid coming in a quarterback coming in from HBCU school there's an automatic bond and, and that was a bond that, that we had and established early and often. Knowing what, what he was up against, the odds, and uh, the, the, the reflection and obviously, you know, the, the comments about, okay, who's, who's this Tavares Jackson from, and where's Al- Alabama A&M, and, and what kind of school is that? So, you know, immediately uh, my defenses go up in protecting young brothers from, uh, from HBCU schools or, or anybody. You know, because uh, we we were cut from the same mode a little bit. Uh, he being a, a, a quarterback of African-American descent, me being a punter uh, of that same descent, we knew some of the struggles and the battles that we both had to face being in those different positions that were not, uh, for so many years, not deemed uh, 
for uh, for for African Americans. Uh, but I, I will say that Brad Childress, the uh, head coach at that time, uh, there was something special about the relationship that he and T-Jack had. And he went to bat for, for T-Jack for a number of years. Um, you know, and obviously in that position, you got to stay healthy. And um, he, he played well and he did well. Uh, a tremendous quarterback. And people would say, well, he was a great athlete that happened to be a quarterback. No, he was a quarterback that happened to be a great athlete. Um, and, and I had a lot of respect for him and we had a lot of conversations, you know, uh, uh, of off the field, a non-football, uh, conversations. And, uh, I remember some of those times and, and that's what, you know, some of those significant moments and memories, uh, that I have about TJ and, and he, he would work his tail off. He's a hard worker. And, uh, it's so unfortunate that this tragic, tragic accident, uh, had to take him away from us. Great stuff right there from Greg. Uh, you know, there's one person that, you know, as soon as the news broke, I had to reach out to him because I know that the close personal relationship that they have with one another, and that is my good friend, Reggie Barlow. All right, I'm Reggie Barlow, uh, head coach at Virginia State University. My uh, relationship with Tavares, um, obviously, date back. Uh, Tavares and I, I'm, I'm much older than him, but we're from the same neighborhood, uh, Ridgecrest here in Montgomery. Um, kind of same path, you know. He went to Bellingraph Middle School. That's where I went. He went to Lanier High School. That's where I went. Um, obviously, he uh, started out at Arkansas, but he transferred back to Alabama State, which you know, I went there as well. But um, Tavares went from being a guy that I knew uh, just because of his athletic ability to a guy that I eventually coached uh, at Alabama State um, and was able to uh, really watch him grow as a football player. And, um, and then, of course, he went on to the NFL and really became more of a mentor and, uh, you know, a guy like that. But we trained together all summer, even before he got in the NFL. Um, they all, uh, him and Tyrone Rogers and Sean Sanders, Chad Lucas, a few other NFL guys. Um, they were, we, were, we would all train together, and that was every day in the summer. So we spent a lot of time together uh, training and working out and all that stuff. And obviously once he retired from um, playing ball, he, you know, wanted to get in coaching and asking me my thoughts on that and uh, just knowing how knowledgeable he was about the game, that he would definitely be, uh, a, excuse me, a really good, um, football coach and um, you know from there he's you know stayed around the game he's a amazing dad you know he, uh, Tyson and TJ uh, his two boys and then his daughter his daughter obviously he loves them he's a family man uh, loves love his mom and his sister uh, you know his other family members obviously he's a husband uh, and you know loves his wife and uh, just uh you know, we, we we obviously are devastated here in Montgomery and other parts of the world, people that know Tavares. Uh, this has been uh, extremely hard for me. Just uh, last week, you know, we were there talking about football, and he was so excited about putting together his playbook, uh, you know, so when he becomes the offensive coordinator, he would have his own terminology and his playbook and all that stuff. But, uh uh, we're going to miss him, man. Um, he's my guy. He's my uh, my buddy, my little bro, my my, my QB. 
Uh, he's our coach. Uh, he's all of that, man. He, he's huge to our community here in Montgomery. And uh, obviously everybody's uh, devastated and shook up uh, by what has taken place. And in closing, we say uh, a salute is a gesture often given by military officials. It is to say, I acknowledge you. It is to say, I respect you. It is to say, I care about you. A salute. To Tavares Jackson, Montgomery, Alabama's own, our QB, our Super Bowl champion, our SWAT champion. Salute. All right, well, really nothing left to say after that. But I do uh, agree with Reggie. Yeah, salute to uh, Tavares Jackson on all of your accomplishments, sir. You will never be forgotten. Never, ever, ever, ever be forgotten. Oh, man. So before I get up out of here, man, I'd like to thank uh, tonight's guest, Coach Charles Coe, uh, former Bama State head football coach. Also, the voices that you just heard, Greg Coleman, sideline analyst for the Minnesota Vikings, as well as Reggie Barlow, head football coach, Virginia State University. And, of course, I'd like to thank you, the listener, because without you, there would be no HBCU report. We'll be back Thursday night at 7 o'clock, so make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that the HBCU report is live three days a week, Tuesday and Thursday at 7 and Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. And you can always check the show out on demand 24-7 via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our official content partner. When we're not here, we're there. There is SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. And just remember, tomorrow's not promised, so we've got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day. Gone. The second-year quarterback, Tavares Jackson, he of 1AA Alabama State. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.